Welcome to Living Stones Church. We pray that this message impacts and touches your heart in such a great way. Enjoy the message. That's point number one. God will make a way through my decay. What is your decay right now? What are the things that you're experiencing right now? What are the things in your life that feel like they're falling apart? There's just decay happening around you. What kind of physical blindness are you experiencing? And then when you think about that thing, I want you to just declare this over right here, right now. Point number one, are you ready to say it again with me? I will. God will make a way through my decay. God will make a way through my decay. As we're looking at this section of scripture, this man who is born blind, Jesus spits on the dirt and rubs it in his eyes and says, and go and wash it. And he goes and washes it and he's, he's able to see for the first time, right? And so God will make a way in the middle of your decay. God will make a way in the things that seem are, that are decaying in your life. This, this man did not know what seeing was like until this moment. He, he wasn't offended when somebody put mud in his eyes. He, he probably didn't even know what the, what spitting, why, why is he spitting? I hear this guy spitting right now. What is the deal with this? And now he's rubbing something in my eye and telling me to go rinse it out. Like, you know, are you with me? Like, he's never seen before, but yet God is making a way through his decay. God's making a way through his decay. Let's go verse 8. Are we ready to go to verse 8? We've got to read this whole chapter, so we've got to go kind of quick. Are you with me? And we're going we're gonna to go through quite a bit of scripture right here. Verse 8, his neighbors and the others who knew him as a blind beggar asked each other, isn't that the man who used to sit and beg? Verse 9, some said he was, and others said, no, it just looks like him. But the beggar kept saying, yes, I'm the same one. Verse 10, they asked, who healed you? What happened? He told them, the man they called Jesus made mud and spread it over my eyes and told me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash yourself. So I went and washed and now I can see. Verse 12. Where is he now? They asked. I don't know. He replied. Verse 13. Then they took the man who had been blind to the Pharisees. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I love that. Pharisees. They took him to church. Well, let's put it that way. I think that sometimes we, we, we see the word Pharisees and we already, already think bad people. But the truth is, Pharisees were just just pastors of the day. Mm-hmm. Gotta remember that. I think it's it's so easy to just mark Pharisees as like evil people, but it's not true. These these were the church leaders. So so I mean, loop it all in however you want to loop it. But here we go. Verse fourteen. And because it was the Sabbath that Jesus had made the mud and healed him, the Pharisees asked the men all about it. So he told them. He put the mud over over my eyes, and when I washed it away, I could see. Verse 16, some of the Pharisees said, This man, Jesus, is not from God, for he is working on the Sabbath. Come on. <laughs> Others said, But how can an ordinary sinner do such miraculous signs? So there was a deep division of opinion among them. This sounds like the church today, doesn't it? It sounds like people today. Yeah. A deep division. One's going... But he did. He broke the rules. He did the wrong. He's not supposed to do it like that. And then the other one's like, he just did a miracle. Are you kidding me? That was awesome, right? So you got these two different thoughts, thought processes, and Jesus in the middle of this argument. Are you with me? Come on, somebody. Verse seventeen. Then the Pharisees again questioned the man who had been blind and demanded, "What's your opinion about this man who healed you?" The man replied, "I think he must be a prophet." Verse 16, the Jewish leaders still refused to believe that men had been blind and could now see, so they called in his parents. Verse 19, come on, gotta ask mom and dad, is this for real? Did this really happen? Verse 19, they asked them, is, is this your son? 
Was he born blind? If so, how can he now see? Yeah. I love his parents' reply. Here we go. Ready? Verse 20. His parents replied, We know this is our son, and he was born blind, but we do not know how he can see or who healed him. Ask him. He's old enough to speak for himself. Come on, somebody. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who had announced that anyone saying Jesus was the Messiah would be expelled from church. Come on. You're not allowed to come to church anymore if you think Jesus is the Messiah. Verse 23. This is why they said, he's old enough to ask him. Verse 24. So for the second time they called in the man who had been blind and told him, God should get the glory for this because we know this man, Jesus, is a sinner. Verse 25. I don't know whether he's a sinner, the man replied, but I know this. I was blind, and now I can see. Verse 26. But what did he do, they asked. How did he heal you? Look, the man exclaimed. I told you once. You, didn't you listen? Why don't you want to hear? Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Ooh. Nothing like questioning the pastor. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Let's let's stop there for a minute and dive into this just a little bit. This is this is where intellectual blindness comes in. Intellectual blindness. Intellectual blindness is ignorance. Ignorance, right? It means that you choose not to know. You don't want to learn and you don't want to grow. Intellectual blindness comes from that. We can pretend like something's not happening, but here this man is clearly saying, This happened to me. I interacted with this guy. He put mud in my eyes, I went and washed it like he said, and now I can see. Now these guys, are, they don't accept that because it doesn't fit in a box. That they make sense of it. So they're like, I call on the parents. No, this, this, this has got to be wrong. This guy is pretending to be this, this blind guy, but he's not really a blind guy. This is all just a big farce. This, this can't be true. So it doesn't fit in this box of logic that I have. Is anybody with me right now? Right? Are you feeling a little bit of conviction from the Holy Spirit in this moment? Right? Because sometimes we try to put God in a box. A box that makes sense to me. How could God love somebody who's so terrible? How could God give favor to people who are broken and messed up more than me? Come on, all right. And so we've got we've got these religious leaders thinking like, how could how could a sinful man do these miracles? And why would he do it on the Sabbath? This has to be something evil instead of seeing the miracle just happen. Come on. Sometimes we miss out on the miracles because we're so focused on what makes sense to us. Amen? <sighs> when you do not know someone or something, it's called intellectual blindness. The Pharisees could not wrap their heads around a man doing such miracles. They could not make sense of these thoughts. What Jesus did for this man defied their knowledge and understanding. What do we do when God doesn't fit in our logic box? Here's point number two. God will break my box of intellect. God will break my box of intellect. He's going to break what you think you know. I was listening to uh, Stephen Furtick this morning. I was I, I was needing a little bit of church myself. Are you with me? So every once in a while, I just need I need a word from God. I'm sitting there listening to, to this man preaching. And whether you like him or you don't like him, I don't really care. But I I enjoy listening to, to Pastor Stephen Furtick, and and, uh, and he was talking about this this very similar thing this morning, and whether or not it makes sense to you in this logic box. Like God, it's it's a, it's a progressive realization. It's a progressive revelation that we have with God. 
you think you always judge yourself on the way you used to be. You're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I thought the way I thought. I did the way I did the things I did. But the truth is, you don't have you didn't have the revelation then that you do now. Are you with me? And so it's that same thought process. Is a lot of times God has to break your box of intellect, how you understand God, how you see God, how you how you interact with Him. Like you, you can't start judging yourself on your past because your past didn't have the revelation that you have today. See, there's a progressive relation with God. As you read through the Word, you'll see through time that God, the understanding of God grows, right? Otherwise, we'd all have a hundred wives and concubines. Are you with me? There was there was a progressive realization of who God is. There's there's a, a newness to it and an understanding of it. So God is constantly growing, constantly revealing Himself to us. But He's going to break our box of intellect. And I I think when I was thinking about this point. I was remembering one of when my sons, like uh, when they were little, they would I would we'd have all these boxes. And Pastor Sarah was talking about Amazon. We'd, we'd have all these boxes in the house, right? Does anybody have like their own shipping like area in your house where these boxes go, right? And so the, our kids they love to play with the boxes, right? And so we would we would fold the pieces in, and he'd sit in that box, and I'd put them on our wood floor, and we'd run around in circles. Are you with me? Like just run from one one thing to the other, and we're just racing around, and he's like, Wah! and just having a good old time in this box as we're running around. And then he says, "Okay, Dad, your turn." <laughs> if I try to get in that box, buddy, that box is gonna bust. Are you with me? Like, like he doesn't understand this concept. He's like, this is fun for me. This has to be fun for you. Why don't you get in the box? I'll push you. But the truth is, I can't get in the box. Because if I get in the box, I'm going to break the box. And you know what happens? It's the same thing with us and God. When we get our idea of what God should be doing and how things should be working, and then we are like, hey, God has to fit in my box of understanding, my box of intellect. And when God tries to get in your box of intellect, he breaks your box of intellect. He breaks your understanding of who he is. He breaks your understanding of the way life should be. Because all of a sudden, God, try, if you try to put God in that box, oh, man. You're like, well, I was just born shot. This is just who I am. A little box of intellect. Come on. What is, what is your box of intellect? Same side of it. Your understanding of God. And I want you to know right now, if God tried to get in that box, you break it. Whatever your understanding of God is right now, he would break it. And, and some of us are like, well, but I've been a Christian for so long. I've spent my life so much with Jesus. But the truth is, is if you know that, if you know that you've had that much relationship with Jesus, you know that he'll break any box that you try to put him in. Yeah. He won't fit in your box. He didn't fit in the Pharisee's box. He didn't fit in the box of, of the way people believed back then. He didn't fit in that box. This is not what they pictured a Messiah doing, breaking the laws of Moses, working on the Sabbath. But Jesus came in and said, you guys got it wrong. The Sabbath was meant for people, not people meant for the Sabbath. The Sabbath is so that you can have some kind of rest. God was trying to help you. To, do you think God really needed a day of rest? He created the whole the whole world, the whole universe in seven days. And, you know, he was just tired. And so he's like, you know what? I'm just going to make a rule that everybody just has to rest on the seventh day. Because, you know, if I'm tired, you guys got to be tired. No. He was saying, you know what? I'm going to set an example. I'm not tired. I'll never be tired. He's he's outside of our understanding of what tired is, but he wants us to have that time of rest. But the Pharisees, the religious leaders, the pastors of the day, started to make rules around this, saying that no, no, you're a sinner if you do these things. You're you're a bad person if you do these things. And Jesus is coming in saying, no, you got it wrong. Yeah. You got it wrong. Serving people on Sabbath is a beautiful thing. Yeah. 
healing people on the Sabbath is an awesome thing. Watching people restored on the Sabbath is the whole point of the Sabbath, yeah. is restoration. Are you with me? Yeah. So God will break our box of intellect. Okay. Are we doing okay? Yeah. Good, good. Some of you just want to go get in boxes and run around the house. Huh? Yes. You're like, they only made a box big enough and strong enough. Come on, we all need to buy a new refrigerator this Christmas. And I'm, just I'm just playing. So we got a box big enough. We can do this. Verse 28. We're going to verse 28. Can you believe we got that far already? 1 through 27. Here we go. Verse 28. Then they cursed him and said, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. Ha! I love pastors, right? Like, you've got issues, but me, I'm perfect. I got this figured out. You're his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. Verse 29. We know God spoke to Moses, but we don't even know where this man comes from. And then, oh man, I love this part. Verse 30. Why? That's very strange, the man replied. He healed my eyes, and yet you don't know where he comes from? 31. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but he is ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. Verse 32, ever since the world began, no one has been able to open the eyes of someone born blind. If this man were not from God, he could not have done it. I mean, this, this once blind beggar is now pretty bold in the middle of the church. Are you with me? He just came into church and said, nah, you guys got this wrong. Verse 34. You were born a global center. They answered, are you trying to teach us? <laughs> I love when people just get all up and yeah. say, oh, I'm so smart. I'm smarter than you. No, no, no. we, we got to stay humble, somebody. There, there has to be a form of humility. Right. Yes, we know a lot of things. Yes, we've experienced a lot of things in God. But again, if we're not humble, then we put a box around God and our yeah. understanding. Yeah. He's about to break it right here yeah. and right now. And they threw him out of the synagogue. They threw him out of church. Come on, somebody. When Jesus heard what had happened, he found the man and asked, Do you believe in the Son of Man? The man answered, Who is he, sir? I want to believe in him. Verse 37. You have seen him, Jesus said, and he is speaking to you. Verse 38. Yes, Lord, I believe. I just love that response. Yes, Lord, I believe, the man said. And he worshipped Jesus. Then Jesus told him, I entered this world to render judgment to give sight to the blind and to show those who think they see that they are blind. Verse 40. Some Pharisees who were standing nearby heard him and asked, Are you saying we're blind? Verse 41. If you were blind, you would be guilty, Jesus replied. But you remain guilty because you claim to see. We're getting into that final, final thing here. Spiritual blindness. Spiritual blindness is not knowing God or His kingdom. Spiritual blindness. Here's, here's point number three from my note takers. Only God's power can heal spiritual blindness. Only God's power can heal spiritual blindness. Um, last, I think it was last week, there was a gentleman who came uh, to the prayer tent. And uh, he's an evangelist. He likes to go out and preach the word and out in open areas and, and tell people and have arguments and all these things and and, uh, and try to try to teach people the gospel. And he was talking to me like, so what do you say when somebody says this? And what do you say when somebody says that? And how do I how do I how do I combat this or combat that? Like he's trying to get armed so they can go back out and preach the word, right? And and the truth is, like I was trying to tell him, don't do any of that. And he was having a hard time with that. He's like, I, I get it, I get it, I get it. But 
You know, the word is strong, and so if I just preach the word at people, it has to get through at some point. And, and I understood what he was saying. And I said, but but the, the, the word of God is so much better. It's so much stronger. It's so much more powerful than that. God's power is so much more than that. And here's the truth. You are not going to convince someone who's blind that they can see. I mean, think about how ridiculous that's. Just for a moment. Like, if you went to a blind person and they told them, you can see if you'll just listen to me and do what I say, you'll be able to see. It's not going to happen, will it? And, but, and we get that when we think about that physically blind person. But we don't get that when we think about the spiritually blind person. You see, we're trying to convince someone against their will of something they don't see and they don't believe. Are you with me? And so when you're talking about Jesus, you're talking about this Savior in your life, and you're talking about what God has done for you, they don't see any of that. And so yet you're going to try and convince them. You're going to use your intellect to try to persuade them. Are you with me? There is no persuasion for a blind person to see. There's anything I can do to talk them into seeing. Like, listen, man, like just, just believe rapidly and then maybe your eyes will open, right? Just believe with all of your heart and then your eyes will open. I mean, maybe just open your eyes, bro. Like, maybe then you'll see. Like, come on. And it all sounds pretty messed up if I were to talk to like, like that to a blind person, wouldn't it? Like, I, I if I if I was right, I believe that one of you would probably be like, "Hey, Pastor Justin, like you need to chill out, dude. Like, yeah, yeah. like this is actually blind. Like, you, can you just leave alone? Man? Like, this is really mean. Like, everyone's watching you, and it's a spectacle. Are you with me? Yeah. And the same thing happens when we witness to people who don't see and know Jesus. Yeah. Now it's become a spectacle. Yeah. Now it's become this ridiculous thing where you're trying to convince someone who's blind that they should be able to see. Are you with me? Spiritual blindness is a real thing. Yeah. And the only thing, only thing, somebody say only thing. Only. The only thing that can open the eyes of the spiritually blind is the power and spirit of God. Yeah. That's it. That's it. You will not convince someone against their will. You won't. There's this old saying, you know, you try to convince someone against their will, they're of the same opinion still. All right? A lot of times when I argue with someone, trying to convince them that the way I think is the right way, it's the worst thing I could possibly do. The best thing I could possibly do is to tell them to keep seeking God. Yeah. Because what, what we know in Scripture is that if you seek, you will find. Yeah. If, you, if you knock, the door will be open to yeah. you. If you want to see, if your desire is to see, yeah. then, then keep seeking God and you'll be able to see. Right. Can I do anything to make you seek? No. I can share with you my testimony when you're having a hard time. I can say, this is what God did for me. Maybe he'll do it for you too. Right? But you keep seeking him. Don't seek me. I'm not going to help you. I can't do anything. Yeah. I can't convince you to see. Are you with me? Right. Right? When we're thinking about our family members and we're trying to put the Bible down their throat, are you with me? And we're trying to say, hey, listen, this is what the Bible says. What you're doing is wrong. Are you with me? And we do these things, try to convince them to come along with us. You know what that does? It pushes them away. It pushes them away from God because that's not what God does. That's not how he does things with us. He pulls them across. You know, the only time in Scripture that you see Jesus rebuking people is rebuking the Pharisees and Sadducees. He doesn't rebuke sinners. He says, come to me. They come to me. See, all of us need to come to him. As we come to him, our eyes get open a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. Are you with me? And, and the only person, the only power that will open our spiritual eyes is Jesus. And as we seek Jesus, we will watch our eyes get open more and more and more. Think about the way you were a couple of years ago. Come on. Just think about that, that nonsensical person. Yeah. 
who, who didn't worship God, who didn't think about and Maybe they were just going to church, but they had no, no recollection of the power of God. Think about that person a couple of years ago. Now try and think how you would convince that person to be the person you are today. You can't, can you? Like, if you were to talk to that person that way, they would have rejected it. So how did you get from here to there? We have to realize it was nothing you did. It was what he did in you and through you. Amen. So the only thing for each of us that we can do is seek him. If you want to be, if you want to take care of your physical blindness, you go to him. If, if you want to take care of your intellectual blindness, you go to him. If you want to take care of your spiritual blindness, you go to him. Is anybody with me today? I pray for each of us, especially myself, because I know there's areas in my life that I'm blind. Now, when I was writing this message, I thought it was going to go in a different direction. Of course, God kind of has a little bit more to say about stuff. But I was I was gonna put on all these different pairs of glasses, and I was gonna I was gonna talk about the the plank in your eye versus the speck in somebody else's eye, and I was gonna go through all those things talking about blindness. But God God was like, no, I want you to focus just on this section of scripture. I was like, but I want to bring in this, and I want to bring in that, all these other cool things that I know are in the Bible. Wouldn't that be awesome? Like to just relate all these things, and I'm gonna have like ten pairs of glasses up here, and like all these different things talking about like what kind of what kind of plug is in your eye, what kind of stuff is keeping you from seeing what God has for your life. But the truth is, none of it matters until we acknowledge the power of Jesus. See. I can have all the, the cute little things and all the cute little graphics and uh, and you might relate to one of them. Like I'll be talking about the brokenness in your relationships and that's the plank in your eye. I might talk about uh, pride and that's the plank in your eye. I might talk about all those little things and you go, oh, I relate to that. But you know what? The truth is we don't need to give a whole lot of attention to all those things. We need to give all of our attention to him. Yeah. If we give all of our attention to him, I, I don't know if you guys remember this old movie, uh, but... Uh, Catch me if you can. Has anybody yeah, seen that movie? Yeah. Remember seen that movie? And and the the criminal guy who's who's like forging all this money and all these things. He says that if you want if you want to be able to catch a forgery, just look at the genuine article. Anything different from that is forgery. See, and that, this is a criminal. He's like, I know how to I know how to make the best money possible. So that same guy got hired on later on to to be able to to break all these forgery things because he knew how to how to find a forgery like that because he memorized the genuine article. I think a lot of us are trying to compare our 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 forged dollar bills to your forged dollar bills. Well mine's a little bit better than yours and no, they're all forged until yeah. if it's either real or it ain't. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. And your relationship with God is either real or it ain't. Yeah, are you with me? And so all we need to focus we don't need to focus on all these different plaques that might be in somebody's eyes. My plaque's bigger than your plaque, your plaque's better than my plaque. I'm doing better than they are. Are you with me? That's one of the worst things that you could do is try to compare your brokenness to somebody else's brokenness and say, well, at least I'm not as broken as they are. Are you with me? But the best thing you could do is take your brokenness to Jesus. Take your blindness to Jesus. You don't know you're blind. Right? Think about a blind person. They don't know what it's like to see. So guess what? I can't explain your blindness to you. And you can't explain your blindness to yourself or to anyone else. Because you don't know. And neither do I. Are you with me? Yeah. When I have my blind spots, I can't I can't tell what's blind and what is it. I just can't see it. Yeah. You can see. No, I can't. I cannot see it. I can't see my own blindness. And you can't explain my own blindness to me. 
all we all can do is seek the one who heals the blind. Are you with me? Yeah. Like we got to stop trying to fix everybody yeah. and start fixing our eyes on Jesus. Yeah. Are you with yeah. me? If we try to fix everybody, we're just going to have a whole lot of arguments, just like just like the Pharisees did. Here they are. This guy comes in with a miracle, and one of them says, "This can't be real," and the other one says, "Dude, that's ridiculously awesome." That's what's going to happen in your life. There's going to have some people that really agree with you, and then you're going to have somebody that completely opposes you. It's not worth it. Everything that we do should just take people to Jesus. Period. Period. If you're out there trying to prove somebody wrong, you're wrong. You're wrong in your rightness. Right? That's one of Pastor Kate's favorite things is to say. I, I, I even see uh, Heather back there rolling her eyes. She's like, he says that all the time. Wrong in your rightness. It's what happens. We get wrong in our rightness. If, if, I, if I'm doing anything but see, helping you to seek God, then I'm doing the wrong thing. Are you with me? That's the only thing I should be doing. Helping people to seek God. That's it. That's it. Well, convince me. Convince me. No, I can't convince you. You're blind. There's no way to convince you. And you'll be offended at the fact that I called you blind. Mm -hmm. But you're blind. And I'm blind. Like, we're all blind in different ways. Like I, The only one that can heal our blindness is our revelation of Jesus. Yeah. As we spend more time with Jesus, he, he unveils our eyes. He unveils ourselves. So the best thing we can do is pray for each other and encourage each other to go to Jesus. Go to Jesus. Yeah. Go to Jesus. Well, what do I do? What is this about to say? You know what? I, I'm, I'm glad you're interested, but you're, are you interested for the right reasons? Like, go to Jesus. Go to Jesus. Let him explain it to you. Let him, let him help open your eyes. I can't open your eyes for you. But he can. But he can. It's the power of God. You know, as I was writing this message, I also, as I looked at the three different parts, we looked at the, the decay, the natural part. Jesus heals that, right? Jesus heals the natural. Then we look at the intellect. We look at the Father. The Father is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and end. He knows all things, intellect. And then we look at the last part, spiritual blindness. That's the Holy Spirit. See, we need God in every area of our life, in these different parts of our blindness. There's no way that we can't have a full trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to help us get whole again. Are you with me? You need every area, every part. I feel the Holy Spirit moving right now. I don't know if anybody else can feel that. There's just like this twinge of yours came down my spine. Holy Spirit's so happy with this message today. Thank you, God. Because he's, he's helping people see. He's helping people see. Get your eyes off of the person next to you. Don't put your eyes back on Jesus. You're not going to fix them. You can't fix them. They're blind on their own. The only ones that can fix them is God. Are you with me? Is anybody with me today? That, that, that should also be encouragement to you. Those of you that have been trying to fix yourself. Are you with me? How many of us have tried to fix ourselves for so long and been disappointed over and over and over again? Are you with me? Like, if I just got this job, if I just got that if I just had this relationship fixed, if I just had these health issues, if I just had more money, if I just had more time, everything would be better. And then we just end up disappointing after disappointing after disappointing. And the answer is always in front of you the whole time. It's Jesus. Just give it all to him. Those money worries, give it to him. Those relationship worries, give it to him. Your health, give it to him. Give it to him. And let him use it however he's going to use it. Are you with me? Give him that emotional breakdown. Give him that brokenness. Give him that frustration. 
given oxygen, given your excitement, the things that you dream about, the things that you get pumped about, give that to him too. Give it all to him. If you want to be able to see, come on, somebody say you can't see. You can see. You can see. Chelsea's laughing because she remembers pulling my head in that in that in that airplane. You can see. I'm like, oh no, I can't see. Like we're landing. I have to have my seatbelt on. I can't see. But for a lot of us, you can see when you submit it all to him. All of it. I know it's hard. It's hard to it's hard to put our physical needs and give them to God. It's hard to do that. You know, it's hard to submit our intellect to the one who created it. I know, because we're too smart for our own good, right? I mean, got Google, I mean, Jesus for. Come on, this is what happens with people all the time. They spend so much time Googling things, trying to learn and figure things out when God gave us his word to figure it all out. It's all right here. But yet we spend more time on Google trying to figure things out than we do in his word. Are you with me? Some of us, we know. Like, Google lives in my house. Are you with me? Like, yeah. like we, we're we constantly going, uh, Google, can dogs eat broccoli? Because yeah. it just fell on the floor. Are you with me? Like, <laughs> so we ask him questions. It's like, we learned so much of what he can't eat and can't eat. We're like, can he eat onions? It says, no, onions are harmful. Don't eat those onions. Get out of here. I'm going to clean up the onions, but the broccoli, you can eat that. Eat that. Now clean it up yourself, right? So Google lives in our house, but Google has no power. I can't tell how many times I Googled, well, I'm feeling these symptoms, Lord. I'm feeling these symptoms. What, what's going on, Google? Right? Yeah, for sure. You're, you're about to die in six days. Yeah, that's usually what happens. As you go down this, this rabbit hole. And really all it was was a mosquito bite. Right. They come on somebody. But when we go to the Word of God, and we take those that physical blindness, that intellectual blindness, that spiritual blindness, and we go to the Word of God and say, God, what do you say? Who do you say that I am? Yeah. What, what, is, what is your calling on my life? See, all of a sudden, we stop comparing everything else and we just get right to Him. Yeah. And then it comes back in a way that we didn't expect. Mm -hmm. Surprise! As if you knew you were blind. Yeah. Are you with me? Mm -hmm. Like, we don't know we're blind. So when it comes back in a way, we're like, wait, I didn't. I didn't expect that. Like, you want to deal with pride in my life? God, I didn't, I didn't even think I was prideful. Right? What a prideful thing to think. <laughs> right? I didn't think I was prideful. Right? That's, that's, that's like the first thing, you know, like, here I am, I'm prideful. Right? And so things, so when we submit those things, we start to learn. We start to finally have the blinders taken off. Because now, now I can see that I am blind. Now I can see that there's something wrong. And then you start to go, but, but I don't even have a way to fix it. Is God even real? Why would He? Why would He give me this ailment, not give me a way to fix it? I can't be a God that that loves me. Come on, this is our natural state of humanity. These are the things. These are the questions. I, I've I've told you with the idea of either writing a book or or at least preaching a sermon series on the pastor's pocket. And what I mean by that is that every person I meet has a question in their pocket that they want to ask a pastor. Every one of them. Like, as soon as they find out I'm a pastor, so, um, I had this question. Yeah. And they just pull it out of their back pocket. Like, and some of them are the weirdest questions you've ever heard in your life. So, so this person's like the sinner, and this person dies, and like, what, it's kind of like what happened right here. So which, which one of them is the sinner? Why is this person blind? They ask weird questions. People do. All the time. All the time. 
But the truth always comes back to go to God with that. Yeah. Go to God with that. It's a great question. Yeah. Go to God with that. Mm-hmm. Go to God with that. He'll answer you. And so we're like, well, is it because you don't have the answer? Bro, I don't have all the answers. Yeah. I don't have most of the answers. Are you with me? Like, like I just, I go to God's, when you, when people call me or text me and ask questions, you know what I do? I open this thing up and I go, what do you say, Lord? Oh, you know, I'm going to give you a really intelligent answer right out of the Word of God. Are you ready? Because I don't know by myself, but with, with the power of God, with His Word, with, with all the stuff that He says for our life, it's right there. Are you with me? So, anyway, let's get our worship team up here. I'm going to go over these three points again one more time. Point number one God will make a way through my decay. Point number two. God will break my box of intellect. And number three, only, somebody say only, only, only God's power can heal spiritual blindness. I feel like some of us are in need of that today. I know for me, uh, I let our team know this morning as we were praying in circle, I woke up super depressed this morning. I woke up, I didn't, I didn't want to be here. I just told my wife, I said, I don't like the way I feel right now because I feel like I just want to get the day over with. Now, I've been around Jesus long enough to know that sometimes he allows me to feel things for other people. And other times, it's my own feelings. And it's my own issues. And my own stuff. And this one, I think it's both. I think it's both. I think there's people in here that you're just like, I just, I just want to get this day over with. And if that's you here today, I want you to know that you're not alone. Because I felt that exact same way this morning when I woke up. With an extra hour of sleep and everything. Right? But yet, there's just like, ah, let's just get preaching done. Let's get the worship thing done and let's just get on with it. Isn't that such a terrible thing? But some of us live in that day in and day out. I just want to get through today. I just want to get into the weekend. I just want to get past Christmas. Are you with me? If that's you here this morning and you're feeling that weight, you're feeling that strength, I'm going to ask everybody to just close your eyes for a minute because this, this can be really personal. And this can be really personal. And you might be struggling this morning and dealing with mental health issues. And just, just trying to get through the day. Just trying to get by. Feeling pressure. If that's you here this morning, and I'm looking around, but no one else is, everybody else's eyes are closed. If that's you this morning, can you just raise your hand for me? Can you just let me know that's me? Yeah, I see your hand, I see your hand, I see you. I see your hand back here. And one back here. Yeah. Thank you for having having the guts to raise your hand in that moment. Set the pressure, it can be so life-sucking. And I'll commend you for coming to church today. Because I know that that can be hard to you. And you know what? For those of you that are watching online right now because you couldn't do it, because you're like, I just don't want to deal with people right now. I just I just want to stay in bed. I'll watch service. I'll get in. I'll worship from my bed. But I just don't want to get out of bed. If that's you sitting there right now, I want you to know that God loves you. He's not ashamed of you. You live in this world of decay. It's what happens. It's the natural state of this world. But I'll also let you know that God will make a way through your decay. 
God will make a way through those horrible thoughts. God will make a way. He, he's, he's never too far away. He'll make a way through your decay. So for those that raise their hand, just, I just want to pray for you. And for those who are raising your hand online, I want to pray for you. God, I pray for each of us as we're feeling this decay in a really real way right now. God, it seems like it's taking over. It seems like it's it's breaking us from the inside. It's breaking our spirit. It's breaking our, our will to go on. So God, I just pray right now for each of us that are feeling this depression, feeling this anguish, feeling this anxiety. God, I pray right now, Lord, that those things would bow to your name right now in the name of Jesus. God, that you would make a way through our decay. You make a way where there seems to be no way. The brokenness in our spirit, I pray, God, that you would strengthen us. As we submit to you, as we submit our intellect to you, as we submit our decay to you, as we submit our spirits to you, Lord, we just ask for new revelation. We ask for new life. We ask for a breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message blessed your life in such a powerful way. Come visit us here at Livingstone's Church in person at Dorothy McElhinney Middle School in French Valley, California, every Sunday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. You can also watch us online on our YouTube channel, Facebook, Church Center, or at livingstones.tv. If God is using this ministry to touch and impact your life, and you would like to consider partnering with us in your giving, you can do so by giving in the Church Center app or by going to livingstones.tv giving. We hope you have a wonderful week.